0: Hey everybody, before we get started with this month's episode of the Jukebox Podcast, I want to throw out a mention of our wonderful sponsor, that is Plectone, P-L-E-C-T-O-N-E. Without them, this show is not possible. They're a small but growing guitar products company dedicated to one simple goal, helping all of us create great new music. Their first guitar pick product is a new twist on an old aspiration to make what is called a double-strike Pick. It's called the double pulse and it allows your guitar to strike each string twice, producing richer, fuller, brighter tones. It consists of a small coupler, a soft coupler between uh, two Tortex guitar picks. Now, Plectone now offers two different thicknesses. 05 millimeter and .6. If you bundle those together on their website, you can save 15%. I would highly recommend you do so. It creates wonderful double-pulse tremolo sounds that add a dimension to your guitar unlike anything I've ever heard. I'm a huge fan, both as a host of this show and as a personal user. I'm using these things all the time. Check them out, Plectone, Plectone.com, P-L-E-C-T-O-N-E. And without further ado, let's get started with the July Jukebox for
1: 2016. You've got the Jukebox. listening to The Jukebox, your monthly dose of the very best indie music around. Please welcome your host Brett Stewart. Seeds of life
2: to
0: Hello, everybody. My name is indeed Brett Stewart. You're listening to the Jukebox Podcast for July of 2016. It's the 25th, and that means we're here to play some fantastic new independent music because, as always, we're here to fulfill the Jukebox promise, which is we will never play anything less than exceptional music. Now, in order for us to do that, we need something back from you as the listener. We need you to open up your mind This episode and listen to the kind of music we're going to play, whether it be hip hop or reggae or folk or blues or pop, uh, anything in between. We pick this music because we go through hundreds and hundreds of artists in the independent scene and we find the stuff that is worth listening to, worth having in your catalog, worth supporting. So on a side note, if you enjoy any of this music, by all means, please go support these artists. They very much need it. A couple announcements before we get started with our music for the month. Uh, the Jukebox Roundtable will be coming out a couple hours after this episode. It is an episode featuring myself and two commentators, who are, one of which is Andy Grollo a longtime uh, friend of the show. And we're going to talk about Kanye West. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's one of those episodes where... If you do not like Kanye West, I'm not going to hold it against you if you don't listen to the show. But if you don't like Kanye West, maybe this can give you some insight into why a lot of people do. Because we talk about his pitfalls and uh, the way he acts and his music and whether or not all those things pull together into a cohesive artist that's actually worth talking about and hearing Anyway, that's a, it's a really fun episode. Those jukebox roundtables are a chance for me to bring guests onto the show and talk about pro, uh, you know, conversations that I wouldn't be able to have here on the One Mic Show. Uh, other than that, I just want to cl- throw one more announcement out there. This is a quick, uh, unrelated announcement, but if you enjoy my podcast, the jukebox roundtable and the jukebox main program, I am now hosting. Uh, I am the main host of a show called the Geek Cinema Society, which is over on the Blazing Caribou Studios network. You can find that at blazingcariboustudios.com. Every single week, myself and my two co-hosts join a guest, and we talk about films that are considered seminal to geek culture. So films like Blade Runner, Star Wars, The Sixth Sense. Really a lot of fun, and we're having a blast doing it. The first episode came out this week so you can find it on geek cinema society on your podcatcher or over there on the website now let's get started with some music enough of me talking about the show let's let's get ahead and let's do the show uh, the first artists we are going to play they're called pretty voices they're a four-piece garage pop band from St. Pete, Florida They've been lauded for their fun live atmosphere that consists of really strong melodies and quirky vocal deliveries. This is a song called Crackle Pop. It's off their new album, Jangular, and I think it's a lot of fun. It it evokes a, a type of sound, perhaps late 70s, stiff records type of music, the kind of thing you'd hear from Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe uh, and Reckless Eric. That That's the kind of sound I get the vibe off for this, and I think it's a fun song to get started with this month's episode. So check it out, pretty voices, crackle, pop.
3: On a daddy cool. Picking out an album. We're taking off a paper slip.
0: songs a lot of fun. It's got a lot of personality to it. It's chock full of good uh, infectious vibes that are very sing along. Uh having listened to it again now, it reminds me a little bit of maybe a Talking Heads vibe. There's some there's some David Byrne in that in that vocal style, I think. Really fun stuff. You don't get a lot of that in the independent music scene, and that's why I'm here to play it. Another song that you don't really get a lot of on the independent music scene is called The Game. It's the latest single from Sam and the Black Seas. They're an independent four-piece outfit that seems to find its way into different genres, uh, folk, rock, alternative, and so on. Now, unlike most bands of four people, Sam and the Black Seas have opted for a little more unusual setup. They've got two acoustic guitarists, one of which is on lead vocals, a cellist, and a drummer. I really love that, that they have a cellist as one of the lead instruments. That's so cool. Their latest endeavor, which is called The Game, was just recently released, and it came out with a music video as well. Now, typically, I don't talk about artist music videos here on the Jukebox, because, to be entirely frank, most independent music artists don't have the best music videos. That's just the way the cookie crumbles in this scene. But with Sam on the Black Seas, man... You need, if you enjoyed this song after we play it, pause the jukebox, go on YouTube, Sam in the Black Seas, the game, watch the music video, then come back. It is arguably the best music video I've ever seen in the independent music scene. And uh, that is a high, high compliment. It really adds to the song. This is a really cool track. Check out The Game. the bands and artists that I play here on the jukebox they're very very talented in fact all of them are talented but I think those guys have a special prowess on their instruments and that is matched with a, a very important element and that's chemistry and that's why the game is as good as it is and that's probably why the music video is also as good as it is Because a band with no chemistry is not going to be able to produce the kind of vibes that they just exude in both the track and the video. So check them out, Sam and the Black Seas. I think they're very much worth following. If that song is indicative of what they have to come, they are going to be one of the most exciting bands in the indie scene. I strongly believe that. We're going to change gears here, and we're going to look at Freddie Corduroy. His new album's called Good Boy. That's a G U D with one of those little German accents over it with the two dots. Goodness, I don't even know what that's called. Shame on me. You can find him uh, on Bandcamp. Again, Freddy Corduroy. Uh, Freddy is spelled with an I-E at the end, not a Y. And this is the title song off Good Boy. He's from Portland, Oregon. Uh, he has a very experimental, maybe lo-fi sound, if you want to classify it as lo-fi. But it's definitely more peculiar and very different from the kind of thing I typically play, and, and I really do enjoy it. Uh, when I was talking with Freddie, I aligned his music with perhaps that of Brian Wilson. I think his vocal delivery and his harmonies and the way he stacks his instruments is very reminiscent of a Pet Sounds style, which of course is 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 definitely a high accolade because Pet Sounds is one of the greatest albums ever made. Now, uh, Freddie Corduroy, this is not one of the greatest albums ever made. Sorry, Freddie, you're not there yet. But it is definitely taking a page out of Pet Sounds' book, which I think is really quite cool. This is Good Boy off the album Good Boy. Check it out. everybody, that was Freddy Corduroy and his song, Good Boy. One of my favorite things about doing the jukebox is that I have a platform to play something like that, which follows something like the game, which follows stuff like Crackle Pop. I'm happy that we can do this here on, on the jukebox, and we can have these different styles, both in production and genre, live in an elegant harmony with one another, because... I can't find another place like that on the internet that that is able to do that. So anyway, I'm I'm soapboxing a little bit right now, but I am very happy that we can play something like Good Boy because I don't hear that kind of music elsewhere on the internet, whether that be through podcasts or websites, internet radio stations. So it's my pleasure to be able to give that platform, and we're going to keep moving in a really fascinating, intriguing direction by playing another artist that you probably would not hear on any of those types of platforms. Her name is Pauline Frechette. Uh, That last name is F-R-E-C-H-E-T-T-E. Her latest song is called Song for Michael. It's a neoclassical piano ballad, and it has a somber, very introspective tone, and she's trying to reconnect with her roots right now. Now, Pauline Frechette, Is her birth name, but she's become known to many over the years as Raven Kane, which she considers her quote-unquote rocker persona. She's a third-generation composer, and she's trying to bring it back home by performing and writing classical music under her real name. She's performed with some of the finest talents in the independent uh, scene. Well, actually outside of the independent scene. She's performed with some of the finest talents of the 20th century. Uh, Her prowess on the piano and as a vocalist has accented the likes of, wait for it, Paul McCartney. Cher. She did a duet with Neil Diamond. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Standing on her own, however, she is no less poignant or masterful. I think her music... Without any of those names in it, and it's just her, a piano, and some very light string sections produces the most stunning track. This is Song for Michael. Now, before we move on to another track, I would like to talk about a few things about Song for Michael that I think are particularly relevant and important when looking at this song. A, I think Pauline does, uh, I think her her embracement of a level of brevity is instrumental, no, no pun intended, in making this song accessible and as emotional as it is. This is clearly about someone named Michael. Maybe he passed away. We don't really know. But there's a somber feeling to the song that makes you feel like you knew Michael. And if you didn't know Michael, or I'm assuming he's passed away, but who knows what happened to Michael, if Michael's even a person. But the song evokes that kind of emotion. And that kind of emotional response, it makes you feel introspective. It makes you feel melancholy. And I think her embracement of brevity allows her to do that. Because when you have a classically trained pianist, someone like Pauline, it's very, very easy for them to meander down the rabbit hole into ostentatious obscurity. To solo for 15 minutes and noodle for as long as they want. That happens all the time, and I get it across my desk every day. Pauline, every note feels meticulous. She has picked those notes out for a reason. But at the same time, it also feels, it doesn't feel static either. It doesn't feel sterile, as if it was picked out beforehand. It still feels very, very emotional and passionate. And I think her playing those notes so carefully and executing this song in such a razor-sharp fashion is accented even more beautifully by a string section that does not overpower her. They very softly accentuate her. They do not attempt to overpower her. They are not a massive part of the song, but they are a lovely addition to it. I think that's very nice. And then B, the second thing I want to briefly mention is that I think this is a song that is accessible for someone who still does not like classical music. That's one of the reasons I played it, and to be entirely honest, that's one of the only reasons I can play any type of classical music on the program when I do play it. Because classical music is very daunting. Now, it shouldn't be daunting. Classical music is wonderful. A day in the life is is classical music infused with it anyway the Beatles were incorporating that and so was Phil Spector and long before and after them so I think it's fun to have songs like this that allow someone who says oh I don't like classical music that's boring to sit down for four and a half minutes and hear something that is really stunning and it is classical But it's accessible, just in the same way, I I feel exactly the same way about jazz. I have trouble playing jazz on the program, because there are plenty subgenres of jazz that are very difficult to absorb, as there are with classical. And I think Pauline is particularly easy to absorb, so I think she deserves a lot of credit for that. I think it's a wonderful, beautiful performance. Okay, we're going to move on to Lucy, Raquel, and me. I'm going to play two songs from these three. As their name alludes to, they are a three-piece creative effort. They haven't met, however, and their collaboration is conducted entirely through the internet. Now, this has become somewhat more common in recent years in the independent scene. In fact, I've done this before. On the second Rivers Rubin album, I had a drummer in Belgium. I had a drummer in Israel. I had a saxophone player in Italy. And I had a violinist in Spain and I never met any of these men and they did wonderful jobs and we collaborated quite nicely. So I know this does work, but it's not as often you see an outfit that is coherently structured in a way like Lucy Raquel and me because they took this to a whole nother level. I was still recording the songs and then having the instrument, the, you know, the instrumental parts added by these session musicians. Occasional drums, occasional saxophone, that sort of thing. They built this from the ground up with this style. So, to provide a little bit of context, Lucy is a lyricist from Canberra, Australia. She wrote and co wrote most of the songs on their new album. Raquel is a vocalist from California who performs said duty throughout the whole album. And finally, Me, so it's Lucy Raquel and Me, is a composer. Me resides in France. To be entirely honest, I'm not really sure who me is. The third and final piece of this puzzle isn't as directly credited as the other two. To be fair, though, the name of the band does suggest this. That's why Lucy and Raquel are credited by name, and me is not. But I digress. All of this concretes into an impressively complete sound that is even more impressive when you realize the vast distances upon which this was built. The first song we're going to spin off their new album is Children in Bare Feet. Lucy, Raquel, and Me, and the song Children in Bare Feet. I should have said before that the new album I was uh, mentioning is self-titled, so it's just called Lucy, Raquel, and Me. It's 11 tracks long. You can actually stream it all on SoundCloud right now. It was released on June 14th. We're going to play one more song from this album. It's actually the final track, or it's Well, I think it should be the final track, actually. It's followed by two more, but I think those songs are better placed earlier in the album, and perhaps a slightly stronger sequencing of the record could reflect that. But in any case, this song does have a sense of finality to it that really makes the emotional journey on Lucy, Raquel, and Me feel complete, because it goes through some ballads, it goes through songs like Children and Bare Feet, it goes through some pop tracks, it goes through some breakup songs, and some emotional uh, longing and turmoil. And I feel like this song, entitled All True, really wraps all of it up in an elegant fashion. So this is Lucy, Raquel, and Me, one of the final songs on the album. It's called All True.
1: Your smoky reflection will tear up my mind. A flick of your wrist, and I trigger on mine your cryptic desire. Leave me no wiser. Your touch is a shot of my tranquilizer. I'm learning your code, relearning to talk. On dangerous ground Together we walk You're stalking my dreams Tracing my shadow Take out my heart and And you an arrow. It's you versus love, and me versus you. Can we make it all true? It's you versus love.
0: I really love both of the two songs from Lucy, Raquel, and me, which is why I played them both on the program today, and I think the dichotomy between them is stark enough to justify playing two songs from the same artist, but I, especially with All True, I think we have to hand it to these three, because that sounds like they're in a studio together. That sounds so complete and so genuine. It it really does sound... Like there are three people working in a studio together with a studio band, no less. You don't hear that a lot in the type of outfits that collaborate across such vast distances. And again, like I said, there are a lot of them to varying degrees of success, and I would argue that this sets the bar. Moving on from Lucy, Raquel, and me, we're going to play some music from Kaufman that is spelled... K-A-U-F-M-A-N. It is the moniker of David Kaufman, so he's going by his last name. He's an L.A.-based singer-songwriter that hosts an open mic night uh, monthly in Burbank. He also performs solo at senior citizen facilities an average of six times a week. On top of that, he's released several albums under different aliases, uh, seven to be exact. He's been involved in theater, and he has played George in an array of Beatles tribute shows, a man after my own heart, George for life. Uh, I love what he's doing here on his resume. I love that he's playing at senior citizen facilities. Me, personally, I've talked about this on the program. I play with an organization called Sharing Notes in Chicago, where we go to hospitals. We see children and we see adults, cancer patients, cardiac uh, cardiac care unit patients, children in the children's hospital and we play music for them. And it really brightens up a lot of lives. I have played in senior citizen facilities before only twice now, both for family members who were in those facilities. But I know my presence there as a musician meant a lot, not only to the family that I was there to visit and play for, but also the nursing staff, the other, uh, people in the facility who are being cared for, who will very often flock to music as soon as it starts being played. I have experienced this, and I'm sure David knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I think that that's a really special thing. I think that if you can give your music back to the community in that kind of capacity, that's very special. And not all musicians are equipped for that. As I said, Kaufman is a singer-songwriter, meaning he probably just goes in there with an acoustic guitar or the like. Uh, not everyone can do that. If you are a electronic performer or something, you can't necessarily incorporate that into that kind of setting. But what basically what I'm saying here is that if you are an, a musician who has the ability to do stuff like that in any capacity, you should. It's very rewarding. I can vouch for that. I'm sure David can as well. We're going to play a song off of his album that came out a little while ago. The track is called Hurt This Way. I think he's got a bunch of different styles on this album that are all fighting for dominance, but in a good way, because he seems to be playing with a lot of different ideas to pretty decent success on the vast majority of them. And I think this track in particular embodies the sound that he is creating in a very fresh unique and very fun way. Check out Hurt This Way.
4: I'm battle-scarred in my body and soul It don't bother me because I'm used to the role But something took me back to the meaning of sad It hit me in a place that was deeper than I knew I had I started out so clean Didn't have a clue about the big old bad machine I was nothing but green But I had the message when I left my yard Everybody saw me coming and I got hit hard So I put up my guard I got a new flash today yay. Yeah. A lot of punches, but I bounce back quick. I don't have a lot of time to lie. there, feeling sick, so I grew my skin thick. Didn't take me long at all to learn the score. I paid my dues and moved along, and I don't feel it no more. But that was before. I got a news flash today. Way. I mix it up like cats and dogs and some crazy kids cartoons cause when it comes to getting hurt what I thought I' no time for hoops to cry about every little cloud But there's a vanvil in my heart And this time I'm gonna get plowed
0: Having re-listened to that song, fun may not have been the best descriptor at the top of that because it it is a dark song, right? I got a message today. I didn't know I could hurt this way or still hurt this way. But I do think that it is fun in the way he is building all of these instruments around one another. There's a lot going on in that landscape. And I think there's a pop sensibility to it as well. It's one of those unique things that is somewhat somber if you listen to the lyrics. But if you're not listening to the lyrics or not closely, you may very well start singing along. It's a really great song. Check out Kaufman. I think he's got some good music. Very much worth hearing in the independent music scene. We're going to change our gears to look at El Camino. They are a rock group out of Charleston, South Carolina, uh, made up of Chandler Roy, Taylor Jenkins, Al... Oh, goodness. What is that? (laughs) Uh, Karamashani. And Jason Fuller. They're really a cool band. They got a new album out called How to Change the Weather. This song we're going to be playing is the 10th song off the album. It's called Mr. Tragedy. This was recommended to us by a listener. And that's when I went and checked out these guys, thought their tune was really good, and figured, hey, why don't we play it here in the jukebox? Check out El Camino, Mr. Tragedy.
5: Tragedy, you know the snow
0: everybody, El Camino, the song Mr. Tragedy you can find them online, L is lowercase E-L, and Camino has an uppercase C I hope they don't get confused too often with the Black Keys album personally, I'd rather listen to Mr. Tragedy I've heard El Camino a bit too much over the years. But anyway, we're going to change gears once again to an artist. His name is Ben Laver. That last name is L-A-V-E-R. This song is called How It Ends. Now, it is the final track off his new album, Rise, which you can find on Spotify. You can find on all those good services. And typically, I don't just play an out-of-context finale because a finale often is an emotion that is building throughout the whole record. But I think this is one of the strongest songs on the album, and I think it stands on its own remarkably well. So we're going to check out Ben's new track. It is eerily similar to the soundtrack that the composer Max Richter, uh, Richter uh, penned for the HBO series the Leftovers. If you enjoyed the music off The Leftovers, which I think was some of the most intriguing and different music I'd heard composed for any medium in a while. You're going to really enjoy this kind of music. I think Ben really echoes that style nicely. So we're going to check out Ben Laver, how it ends off his new album, Rise. That's another song with a little bit of a classical influence that I think is quite accessible. I really enjoy that album. Check out Rise in its entirety. I think it is one of those albums that is best consumed as an album rather than segmented pieces. So if you have the opportunity to listen to it, if that song appealed to you, start from beginning to end. Alright, our final track here on the show is going to be Dead Things. It's by the band called The Hurt Project. They write and perform original blues in New York City. They're dedicated to honoring the traditions that make the blues great by writing new tunes in their own voices. Now, this song is off their four-track EP released last December. uh, September, rather. It is called After the Storms. I love, love, love this sound. And I think that The Hurt Project is filling a void in the independent music scene for this type of blues that so sorely had to be filled. And there have been artists here on the jukebox that we have played who do wonderful jobs with this. But in particular, I think the Hurt Project, their production and their execution and their instrumental prowess and their chemistry, a lot of the things I've talked about on this show that make other bands so excellent, I think the Hurt Project embodies all of those things. I was really excited when they sent me over their music, and again, a little self-plug here, it makes my job easier if you'll send us music. Uh, we do vet a lot of music, but we'd, obviously we don't play a lot of the music we get sent because we do have to maintain a standard on the jukebox, but I love it when people send us music and we want to hear from you. You'd be surprised. We might want to play your song, so please send it on over just like these guys did, and you may have some good luck, and we would love to play it on the show because this is a community at the end of the day. I really hope that when people listen to this program, I'm so boxing again here, but whatever. I hope when people listen to this program, they continue to come back each month, whether they came here for a specific band or artist, whether they are a specific band or artist, just here to hear themselves. I know it's fun and exciting to hear yourselves. That's one of the reasons I do this. I think it's so much fun to do that for you guys and the show to share all of your music But I think it's cool if we can keep a community going each month through the episodes to support one another, keep finding great music. That's what the show is about. I love it when you guys email me as well. I'll have some info about that after this song at the end of the show. But uh, let's go ahead and listen to Dead Things from The Hurt Project. It's off their EP, After the Storms. Thank yeah. you. That is a band after my heart. I love their sound. I think they're so talented. Such a great track, Dead Things. It just makes you want to go out and get their entire EP and then get everything they released before that, and I highly recommend doing so. One of my favorite things about that is the camaraderie that is so clear in that song, both before, during, and at the end. When you can hear the band yipping and hollering and there's this call and response levity that is so splendid and so quintessentially traditional blues because traditional blues can't take itself too seriously. And I love that they do that. I think that is so cool. It reminds me a little bit of maybe the atmosphere of Bob Dylan and the band during the basement tapes where you could hear Dylan and the band bantering back and forth before and after tracks. There's a very loose, organic feel. It felt like people were hopping into the song and exiting the song whenever uh, it fit for them. And it just created this atmosphere that felt so, so pure, right? Like, that's not a song that is being altered in a studio. Vocals aren't being fixed up a whole bunch. Uh, electron- they're not, you know, they're just so pure. And I love that The Hurt Project is doing that because what you hear is what you get. And I bet they would be a killer band to see live. And if they ever come out to Chicago, you guys better send me an email and uh, a couple listeners in the city. Hit me up. We'll go check out The Hurt Project or quite frankly, any band in this uh, episode or previous episodes. Uh, I'm in Chicago. That's where we have our studio. And I find a lot of wonderful music here in the city. Hit me up. We'll go see some great music all right closing out the show i just want to do a couple repeats of some announcements again big shout out to plectone p-l-e-c-t-o-n-e those are the coolest picks i got one in my hand right now it's it's kind of squishy but firm and has the two picks on it i think they're so cool i love playing them the other day I was playing Thrasher by Neil Young, one of my favorite songs, and when I play it on a 6-string, it sounds a little bit like a 12-string. It has the timbre of it because of the plectone, and then I played the plectone on the 12-string, and it was even more intense and more fun. It really is a cool pick to add to your repertoire. It's not going to make you the best guitarist in the world. No accessory is. But it is going to enhance and alter your experience of being a musician a little bit, if anything, just to have some fun. That's what it's for. Have some fun. Check out Plectone. We couldn't do the show without them, and we couldn't do this show without you, the listener, because I don't want to just talk into a microphone and shout into the void of the Internet. I need you guys to email me. I need you guys to follow me on Twitter and connect with me and talk with me. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, Is there a type of music that you want us to play on the show? Do you have a suggestion? Are you in a band? Are your friends in a band? I want to hear from you guys. You can email us at jukeboxpodcast.com. Just put listener email in the subject line so I will catch it. If you're sending submissions to us, go to the website, go to the submissions tab. It'll tell you exactly how to do that. Please follow those directions because if you don't, they might fall through our spam filters. We get a whole lot of stuff and that's how I keep everything as organized as possible You can check us out on jukeboxpodcast.com. We are on all major podcatchers. I do want to mention something that is very close to my heart because as we are building this audience, I so appreciate it when I hop on the iTunes page and I see some people leaving reviews. It really means a lot to the program because I know not everyone listens to podcasts on iTunes. I don't listen to it on iTunes. I listen on either Stitcher or Pocket Casts both of which the jukebox is available at. But Apple does run the aggregating suggestions and rankings, which is where we can bring more people into our community, which is a really fun thing for us to do and allows these bands to get showcased more. It allows our community to grow All that is really cool, and I love that. So if you have a moment, if you have an iTunes account, even if you haven't logged into it in forever, go on there. Go over to the iTunes store, search Jukebox Podcast. There's a bunch of other crappier Jukebox podcasts that are out of date, but you can find us on there. Just look for Jerry the Jukebox. He's a little green guy. Um, That's right. Our mascot has a name. It's a great name, too. So original. And uh, you can give us a review, whatever you want to give it. Give it one star if you hate me. Please don't give it one star if you hate me. But if you have a valid reasoning for not liking the show, please let us know. If you enjoy the show, please leave us some stars. It would be much appreciated. You can expect the Jukebox Roundtable in your feed in the next uh, couple hours, if not the next day. That is where we are going to be digging into the music and life of Kanye West should be a lot of fun. You can expect another jukebox roundtable in the middle of this month. I'm going to be joined by some very special guests. And as always, you will find us on August 25th for another full episode just like this one. Thanks so much, everybody. My name has been Barrett Stewart. I hope, the e- I hope you can email me. I want to hear from you guys. And uh, until next time, keep rocking, keep listening to the good music, and I'll talk to you guys soon. The Jukebox Podcast is available on all platforms and podcast
1: directories. Visit the show at jukeboxpodcast.com for more content or email us at thejukeboxpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you enjoy The Jukebox Podcast, please consider rating it on the iTunes Store or in the podcast directory of your choice.